attention was in the elevator in Las Vegas. So stop smiling at me. Give that look of your face. I know you do not like me. So stop being fake. I know you do not like me and you made it very clear. I wore pants for fucking nothing. So get that in your ear. I know you're talking about me and you think that's the word. But I want you to know that me and my horse are doing so good. Snappy peace. So good. So good. Okay, y'all, I'm sorry, I had to do that. I didn't have to do that, but I've been watching Renaissance Red Carpet and looking at the members of Destiny's Child, and then I was thinking about Destiny's Child and things that I've read, um, quotes from behind the scenes of the film so far, um, things that Beyonce has said, and it just kind of made me think about this, this situation with the two um, women of the hour, or of the two hours, um, Sutton and Kyle, and how, you know, it's like, I'm good. I, I heard you've been talking about me from what I hear. You don't like me. You made that very clear. They, they don't like each other. They, they really don't. I don't think they do, and I never have. I mean, I feel like Kyle likes Sutton the way that we like Sutton, because we like to watch her um, explode. But then it just becomes inappropriate sometimes, and it crosses that line to insistence, and I don't like that. Um, yeah, I don't like it. But I do think that Kyle pretty much does the same thing. They're actually similar in more ways than they can actually recognize. I mean, they're the two really rich women just, you know, having a having a vag measuring contest, um, a dilation celebration, if you will. All right, but let's get into it. Uh, before we do, hello, my name is Kelechi Azier. I am your resident Bravo um, historian, stenographer, um, among other things, uh, if you're new to the pod. Um, but what we're here for is to talk about these kooky characters, to laugh, to do a little bit of light analysis, um, but mostly to have a good time, because I really hope to just bring a smile to y'all's faces, since... I find that that's what I have needed in my podcast journeys um, for the past couple years. Um, you will hear me mention every once in a while my reboot. Um, this podcast is now rebranded as a housewife-specific podcast. I'm probably going to cover Vanderpump Rules. I don't see how I could not. But, I mean, yeah, bravo, housewives, etc., etc. Because I feel like whatever lessons we need to learn from life are probably in there somewhere if we give ourselves enough grace to go off topic with leashes that we disconnect our collars from and run into the forest and then have bad recall and don't come back. Speaking of which, um, I haven't taken my dog to any forests, but I did travel ahead of the Thanksgiving holiday and then I came back and my dog, oh, she was ill and spent two days in urgent care, et cetera, et cetera. So I am going to be combining um, catching you up with the last two Beverly Hills, last two, well, Miami, I'll tell you about that drop soon. And the last uh, two Potomacs, uh, we're going to get like a twofer and then we'll get back onto our regular schedule, a regularly scheduled program. But thanks. I'm glad you're here. I hope you had macaroni and cheese that was made with a roux because if it wasn't 
Mm, um, what are we doing here? What are we doing here? All right, so let's see, have I covered all the business? I think so. I'm gonna take a pause because I hear a plane. Okay, and we're back. So my notes on episode three, um, they were sparse because I kind of see certain episodes as the whole interlude. I mean, the whole episode rather is an interlude for a fight that's about to happen. So there's we have the fight that was advertised in the previews for the next week on. And then we have these, I guess, these just, you know, segments. Life is happening, commercial breaks, and then we continue to allude to this fight. And if you've been watching Bravo as long as I have, you know that we're probably going to do it to be continued on this fight. And that, for me, just from a spiritual standpoint renders the entire episode as some sort of waiting room uh, between heaven and hell, a a bardo, a purgatory, if you will. Um, I'm just kidding. I've been listening to actual podcasts that are about something and just trying to like elevate um, the discourse. But anyway, um, so yeah, to me, not that much momentous happened. I mean, I have noted in the beginning that um, to rate calls Pikai, her hair has turned a weird yellow color. Is that also perhaps that's from um, swimming in chlorine? I don't know, but no, Dorina like to get her hair wet actually, because she got like lots of tracks and stuff going on usually. I don't know. Anyway, I don't like it. Um, so PK, she calls PK. They have a conversation that I is pretty mundane, um, and then there is a scene with Pikai and Mo. Even my mom, I don't want to say even like that, like she's a brilliant lady, but I mean, my mom mentioned she's never heard uh, Kyle say Mo, Mo. She was like, what's all this Mo stuff? I just thought that was funny because, you know, not everybody is terminally online and obsessed like any of my listeners, uh, like we are, okay? Let's just admit it. So I thought that was funny. So yeah, there's a new thing everyone's trying out. They're trying to make Mo happen way more. I think other people did call him Mo, but Kyle didn't. So anyway, Mo and Pikai are out at a bar and, you know, they're talking about, you know, the same thing over and over again. It's like they're having a um, declining State of the Union face-off with their marriages. I don't know if either one of them knows the severity of what the other one's going through, but they've each decided it's going to be their storyline, except, well, what is that? Okay, I'm sorry, y'all. I can't, I can't control what goes on upstairs. Um, but I think that Mo, it's very interesting. Mo, it seems like he's agreed to allude to some, you know, strife and we're not perfect like everybody must think we are, you know. But he clearly keeps getting thrown off by things that Kyle does. So you can kind of tell that he's not 100% aware of exactly where this is going to lead to. He's, he kind of continually seems to be having the rug pulled out from him a bit. Uh, however, uh, yeah, that's, I think that's my thought. Yes, they're both having a kind of, let's complain about each other's marriage. Let's complain about our marriages. It's our storyline. But neither one knows that the women are like, hey, I might actually, you know, they're like, hey, okay, leave the toilet seat up one more time. One more time. See what happens. See what happens. I'm going to serve you these papers, okay? I think that's kind of what's going on. PK is like, look, there's nobody that's been married that don't go through shit. 
and you know Mo is kind of like not not one not one you know he's just kind of like nodding along because he's I think he might not be as high as normal so he's kind of just agreeing with everything that he's saying and then PK says you know you're quite soft like that you don't want to fight every battle I like to humiliate my wife and say racist things and then make her laugh at them and then pretend she didn't laugh at them later. And Moe's like, no, no, as far as I'm concerned, my wife is always right. And PK acts like there's some serious injustice going on. Like, no, but she can't be. It's like, okay, no. But he's using a figure of speech to say he doesn't feel like fighting. Um, and PK even refers to him as, you're, you're gentle, you're soft like that. Just make out, okay? I'm done. Anyway, my favorite scene is when Kyle calls Mauricio. She's just disgusted with him at every turn. She calls. She says, hi, honey. Um, So, you had dinner with PK? Yeah, we had a good time. The good time was had. Um, okay. Can you tell me, like, the girl version? <laughs> because girls actually, you know, connect with their emotions and stuff. And they actually, you know, there's there's been studies shown that um, lesbians have higher rates of orgasms than straight couples do. But I'm not dating this country singer or anything like that. I'm not a lesbian with tattoos now. I'm just interested in statistics. Um, and then she actually says, okay, you guys know she didn't say that, right? This, this is not, she didn't say any of that. She said, can you tell me, she did say, can you tell me the girl version, which means, can you please tell me in some actual detail what happened? Um, but she also asked, did Portia make it to school on time? Which, you know, I have questions about this. What do we, truancy, is that not, oh, I forgot what that word means. Is that not showing up or is it being late? No, no, no. It's not showing up. Okay. I was just going to ask, is Portia usually not on time for school? Is this a problem? And then just the idea that he somehow wouldn't be able to get her there. I also felt like that was shade. I feel like everything Kyle says to Mauricio is shade right now. <laughs> but then she just said, he just said, oh, I actually ran out of time to take her. So I had the nanny that I'm sleeping with uh, take her. The one with the really big double Ds. Um, well, they're big. They're double Ds, but they're like extra big double Ds. But yeah, that came first. Her checking to see his general level of competency came first. And then she asked for details about dinner with PK and Dorit, which, why? I don't really know why. Like, what kind of information is she hoping to get? Anyway, then it's almost perfunctory. Mauricio says, you look great. And then she goes, thank you. Just like when, when you were walking down the street and you get a compliment from someone, you know, some a man that looks like they're under the influence and you just want to say like, you want to be curt because you want to close the interaction out, but you have to say something because if you don't, they'll be like, well, you ugly anyway, bitch. So that's how she said it. Thank you. Then she hung up on him, legitimately hung up while he's still talking and then said, oops, <laughs> Okay, there is... Kyle's on her demon time, okay? Um, what else happened? Crystal and Erica go to lunch. Erica is dressed like a stunt double for Margot Robbie and Barbie. Um, 
The part where Barbie escapes to Venice Beach. Um, Lent is still in session. She's not fighting with anyone. I feel like there was probably something I don't care about that happened with Garcelle and her kids. But, you know, they didn't address, like, my main points of interest. So, which was, you know, I want to see Dorit apologize for everything she did to Garcelle, da-da-da-da-da. That didn't happen yet. It's going to happen next, which is why I'm just roll you forward. Okay. I would be remiss if I did not mention that there was a trip to a Western-themed bar. Now, this is a, a classic, uh, a, an age-old ritual in which women on reality shows get dressed up in Western gear. I won't say like cowboys because I suspect it doesn't really much resemble anything that people used to wear in the wow wow west. Um, but you know, lots of rhinestones, perhaps an assless chap. No, that's more like a winter house, summer house thing, more a Kyle thing. Um, but I'm again, I find myself attracted to Kyle's outfit and I just feel guilty. However, it is a, a tube top with, um, with rhinestones across the top, a black tube top. She goes for an all-black theme, and then she has a hat from, you guessed it, Kimo Sabe, which I don't know if that's... Is that cultural appropriation? Are we, are we in good standing with this name? I'm having my, um, my imaginary intern uh, that I borrowed from Sonia Morgan. Go check on that. Uh, so anyway... They all go, you know, the ritual of these Westerns, let's really dive in. It's it's a place where we, it's another opportunity to simulate sex, which is a thing that housewives do to be naughty because they're racy, they're edgy, wild, and wacky women, and they, you know, they talk about sex and sometimes allude to having it. They go to Amsterdam and pretend that they don't know what goes on at cafes and have never smoked weed before, Kyle again. You can see why I'm conflicted with like your outfit because she's so annoying. Um, so it's just a time, you know, to make jokes like Erica makes fun of Sutton on the bull and says, if her bull riding skills or anything like her dick riding skills, it's no wonder she's not getting a second date. I don't want to slut shame, but riding on the first date, are we really, um, have you even like stretched properly? Have you even, you know, are your knees really going to be well lubricated enough to I just feel like that's a lot of effort for a first date. I don't feel like you should have to be on top to get a second date. Um, it's just, just, I'm just thinking it through as I'm talking and it sounds effortful. Anyway, um, yeah, Sutton, I don't know what kind of sex Sutton has, but I imagine it's missionary. So moving on. Oh, Sutton is very, again, she is making me want to run away from her this season. She just is really um, dialing into, I'm Southern, so I like to boss people around. And it, it's, I find it personally frightening, just based on my own um, ancestral lineage. Um, but she really talks to the, I remember her talking to the, the guy who was putting her on the bull in a way that I didn't fully like. And I don't think he liked it either, just judging from his face. But he's like, she's like, go easy on me. Go easy on me. Be nice to me. Do it. Get, like, I, I don't, uh, I don't, I, okay, yes. Do Sutton's legs look like number two pencils? Yes. But 
something about her doing this southern shtick and then doing this I'm frail and I need more care than other people it makes me really uncomfortable you were a ballerina you were an athlete I mean there's they're honestly ballerinas are some of the most badass athletes there are and you know how to take pain like your feet are bleeding and and effed up all the time I just don't buy that you are in more danger of hurting yourself than other people on the bull and you need special care it just kind of makes me uncomfortable and it's like oh so you're just like 54 stop acting like you're like 89 okay go have some glucosamine you'll be okay um I do like our cells outfit which I'm just gonna say because I usually don't so that was something that I really liked about this segment okay so I think we're good to move on now yeah so the crux of this episode is the elevator encounter that's why it's called Elevator. the name of this episode. So the ladies are gathered by the elevator because they're getting ready to get on their, their private plane from the Henderson Airport. And ding dong, Erica. Well, actually, Dorit first, which is important. Dorit says, oh, hello. And then Erica says, oh, my God, because it's her friends her my longest dance partner I don't even know what did that mean like I've seen her music videos again I'll admit I went down a rabbit hole in 2020 during the pandemic and watched a lot of them there was no partnering like it wasn't like you were doing the tango but anyway her friends from Magic Mike are in the elevator and Erica gets in and goes here's your chance to apologize to Magic Mike now that in itself is not quite as much of an issue for me because to be honest when you see someone that was in a show that you saw like you do say oh oh yeah you were just great you do that kind of like wrapping up closing out stuff about the performance and it is awkward that Sun left I mean it's it's not just awkward it's incredibly incredibly rude but um then Erica really kind of rubs it in and she takes it a step further and she says um, this is my, ch- this is your chance to apologize to my friend and who you said was the show was over the top and shitty. Now, uh, this is, this is a shitty thing to do. That's what's shitty. Because for one thing, if you really were offended on behalf of your friend, you wouldn't embellish on somebody talking about how much they didn't like the show. That's, that could be construed as hurtful to them. So really you were just kind of taking a cheap shot here and trying to make Sutton more uncomfortable than Charity was. Um, and it's not easy. It's not hard to make Sutton uncomfortable. So anyway, this leaves Sutton, you know, floundering. You know, I, I didn't say the show was shitty at all. Don't put words in my mouth. I said you were classless whores and I needed to go to the hotel room to get my K in 95 to protect me from airborne gonorrhea. Um, no, I, I, I said the dancers were are amazing. It, it was just the one spread eagle. And Mike is like, I don't want to hear this anymore. And he's just like, maybe you guys should come again and see the whole show. It's it's real artful at the end. Ice capades. We do 69 on ice skates in Mickey Mouse hats. No, he didn't say that. He said it's real artful at the end, to which I think he was referring to the, um, not silks. What is it? Just aerial. There was aerial stuff. Like they, they he was dancing. There was a male and female dance, actual partnering. And they kind of... They were on, um, they just were, oh my God, I don't know why I can't say this properly. 
<laughs> they raised up into the air on harnesses. So, I mean, in theater we call it flying, but I guess I just didn't know the word to kind of describe that properly in this context of a strip show. So they're flying. Yeah. Um, it's cool. They, it was, you know, the Vegas spectacle, kind of. The, it was a Cirque de Pin. The Cirque de Pin. The Cirque de Pinier. So I do think she might have appreciated that more if she stayed, but I also really resent these performers having to sell this in any way. I mean, for God's sakes, you're in a a show that's branded after a movie that was about male strippers. You should not be having to downplay the stripality of it to weird women that freak out at certain sex acts, but not others. And then talk about how many vibrators they have. Like, it's too much. Goodbye, Sudden. All right. And then, you know, Sudden, she's trying to be gracious and come back and say, which I actually think she kind of should have focused more on, um, you know, like massaging the dancer's feelings instead of kind of correct checking Erica in the moment. But she just said, well, I I missed the good part, but I'm sorry. I am sorry. Um, and so then the elevator door closes and sends, you know, to Erica's really putting words in my mouth and saying, I said it was shitty. It doesn't matter. You didn't like it. Okay. That is so childish, Erica, but it kind of made me laugh. Like just to straight up in someone's face be like, yeah, no, I totally extrapolated on what you said. And it was technically a lie, but I don't care. Like these women, because they're so pretentious and they're so caught up in their ideas of class and how a woman acts and fighting and what kind of fighting is appropriate and raising your voices that or you know and swearing saying saying cunt that just people lose their shit over that um erica to me she's at her most deadly when she is like this quiet quietly not giving any fucks they've all gone she doesn't have any more and she just does things and says yep and i did that and i'll do that i'll do it again too but they're really caught up and when she you know uses swear words or just is acting like a soap opera star that's been cornered to me this is this is silent and deadly hey i'm gonna embarrass you in a way that i know is gonna be really effective in front of people and then watch you completely spiral out and inevitably start fights with other people because you can't help it once you get this way. I'm just going to set you up for failure and watch it. Uh, watch it watch it take action. I think that's more effective, but you know, that's because I'm not pretentious and ridiculous fake person. All right. So this is the fight that it's important because this is what this is basically where the fight between Kyle and Sutton you know starts from and then we get onto the bus and this even continues um you know so then we're like Sutton are you okay are you okay which again you know she's not okay she's embarrassed why like why even ask honestly it would be nice to just if I had a Sutton around I would just move on by establishing that we're not going to stop what we're doing and deal with her feelings and meltdowns all the time. We're just going to keep things moving. That's what I would do. So I wouldn't even be like, Sutton, are you okay? Let's talk it out. I'm like, no, I just, you're grown. You can, you can, you can handle conflict and continue. Also, you signed up for this show. So pretty much dealing with conflict is what you literally, you know, are supposed to be 
an expert at. But Sutton, you know, she, she begins reasonably. She stands up for herself. She says, you know, purposely trying to embarrass me was kind of mean. And Erica doesn't even deny that that's what she did. But it's the other people, I feel like, that start to make things just, you know, we have linger on it, lingering on it. You know, Dorit was especially dim-witted during this bus ride. It was honestly astounding <laughs> to watch. Um, I mean, like some sort of deranged news reporter. Like, I was like, are you Piers Morgan? She comes in and says, if you could do it again, would you condemn leaving the theater? If you could do it again, would you condemn the idea of leaving the theater? I mean, uh, let's use a soap. We all could have been there. Like, what are you, what is, what are these tenses? What are you mitigating? What's happening? And, and Basan says, I mean, no, why can't I sit in the lobby? Why can't I just sit? Which again, it's all disingenuous. We're talking about every, no one who's speaking really means any of the things because Sutton, in her heart, knows she did make a big scene. She might have convinced herself she didn't. But anytime you leave a play in a kerfluffle, it's a big scene. And, like, we knew you weren't going to the bathroom because you would have said that and brought friends because that's what we do as women. Um, and then Kyle just explodes in her. We weren't going to leave you because you seemed unhinged, which is really rude. But there is a world in which... I think there is a place to say that. I mean, I would have like I would have a hard time personally pretending along with Sutton. And that's the thing that I get angry when I watch her and then I feel sorry for her because I don't like when other people are held emotionally hostage. I like I'm fascinated by you from a distance and I'm really so interested in how you can just collapse and 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 just be completely unmoored by the simplest things like simulated um oh my gosh I know I said cunnilingus last week why can't I say what is it called no I said fellatio before but it's cunnilingus sorry like you know you see cunnilingus you lose your mind however I don't like when other I just ooh. I get itchy when I think about being there with her and having to really invest into, oh my gosh, I need to tend to you now over some nonsense. I I will be done. So when Kyle's, you know, to say straight up, of course we were coming with you because you seemed like you were, you know, upset. Don't play games right now. We're going to follow if you're upset. That's one thing. However, the thing with Kyle is you like when she's upset and you like to make it worse. That's why no one in this conversation really means what they're saying. So, you know, sudden cry. She feels badly. She's embarrassed. And she says, I'm not going to discuss this ad nauseum. I apologized. I'm not going to apologize again. It was very dramatic. Um, Okay, so as I said, we need to jump to this fight because this is the fight that takes us into the next episode. So in my opinion, this fight starts because Kyle wears her hunter boots inside the house. So she has hunter boots that Sutton monogrammed and... You know, you could pretend that this was a show of goodwill. Oh, I'm wearing one of your past, you know, one of the gifts that you left on our past trip. 
to your house as a sign of goodwill? No, it's because it's LA and it doesn't rain that much and you don't have any other rain boots. But what, what really was a sign of complete like war, like scorched earth, um, you know, combat, we're going to destroy each other was when Kyle wore her boots into Sun's house. How do how 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 do you how do you come to my house? You you sit and you talk about how it's raining outside, and it's, it's the weather is so disgusting, and then you want to walk inside my house with your boots on. I will thrash you. She needs a thrashing. It was horrific. So they sit down after getting tea, and Avi serves them uh, tea for Kyle. And a cocktail for certain, because she's had a long day. And I know, I know she just thinks if Kyle would go on and have a cocktail again, maybe the stick wouldn't be so far up her, you know where. <laughs> um, but I do think that's funny because her whole, one of her uh, important points this season is, I'm worried about you because you're not drinking. Which is so, it's honestly very real, but it's hilarious. And I say that because... Uh, any behavior change can be too much or can be a sign rather that something like deeper is going on. And it's just so funny to be, I mean, the, there were a lot of gems like this, like ex who exercises anymore. I think Sutton said that. <sighs> I mean, where do we go from here? Anyway, so let's, let's begin this conversation. Kyle, Kyle, how are you feeling after Vegas? What my favorite departure? Erica intentionally embarrassed me. Oh, Saturn, you can apologize now. So Saturn does this impersonation of Erica that doesn't really sound like Erica or look like Erica's mannerisms. So it is odd, but Kyle, you know, of, of course, who knows what's edited and what's actually spliced together from these shots, but... From what we are given in this edit, Kyle looks at her as if she's crazy for doing the impersonation. So it's like Kyle's like building a case for her being insane just from this over-the-top impersonation, which doesn't really make sense because when you're imitating people to make a point, you know, you're imitating them to make a point. So we cut to a talking head with Sutton dressed like, you know, it's Easter Sunday. That is what this dress gives to me. And she says, I had a revelation after Vegas. You know, Kyle and I had made agreement that we were going to have each other's backs. But she's not my true friend. She's never been my true friend. And she doesn't have my back. No shit, Sherlock. What kind of, what, like, how do you have to be 54 and you, if someone undermines you in public constantly, you're not sure if they're not your friend? I don't understand this. And also, Pro tip, you, your actual friends, you don't have to sit down and broker agreements about not being shitty to each other. That's also not a thing. So anyway, Kyle, again, is just continuing with this whole insinuation that Sutton is mentally ill or something and says, are you okay? But she says it like that. Are you okay? Like like a sitcom, like it's it's a sitcom that's the drug episode of a sitcom and the straight A student, you know, started smoking potpourri. It's very 
it's really like there is a laugh track waiting to happen. It's 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 not a sincere way you ask somebody that you're actually worried about anything. I don't like it. It makes me super uncomfortable. Um, and then Sutton, you know, she starts to say like, well, yeah, I didn't like this, I didn't like that. And she's like, defend your friend, defend your friend. Because she can see Kyle is trying to interject because Kyle's like, well, let me say that. Defend your friend, defend your friend. What do you mean? I wouldn't be here if I wasn't your friend. How dare you insinuate? <laughs> I mean, again, I think it's the out, it's the grievance, the outrage. I'm so offended. I'm so offended. It's just so Karen-y. What can she say that is, what is she allowed to say that expresses her feelings? And what is the other one allowed to say that expresses her feeling? If everything's, ah, I'm so offended. I'm so offended. I'm so offended. Ugh. So Sutton, you know, reasonably tries to say, well, sometimes you come in when you don't know who the whole story. I am actually very offended when you say that. I saw my friend in distress and I go over there and you say you insert yourself. By the way, fuck you. That's fucking rude. You have a habit of losing your shit in ridiculous circumstances too. Name them. Well, there's a name them. Well, there was a time when name them. Well, there's a name them. Well, there was a time name them. Well, there was a time name them. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. Name them. Name them. This is what you stop doing that. Um, so Kyle gets really mad. Um, which the cadence of these name first sudden is just, it's it was really interesting. It was like watching, you know, a first time improv student discover something they thought was funny and just beat it to death. She says, name them. I think she's like, mm, mm, the rhythm in my mouth. She just keeps saying it. And then she has fun with cutting Kyle off. And then the angrier Kyle gets, it makes her say it again. And then she waits a really long time and, you know, long enough pause that it seems like Kyle will have the clear to begin speaking and just waits. And then as soon as Kyle starts talking, Nime! says it again. And Kyle loses her shit. So, again, why are we, everyone has their breaking point, you know? So Kyle coming over here, acting like she's going to have Sutton committed, but she almost, you know, has an aneurysm. You just see a vein in her forehead popping out over this situation. You know, they both do it to each other. But the last name of Kyle says, stop doing that. You're being incredibly, incredibly rude. Uh, is are you? I'm not, I'm not sure. Son says, how am I being rude? Well, if you don't say that, what do you, what does it mean? Rude. Do you want me to get your dictionary? Like, just bitchy. Kyle's being so bitchy. And it's, it's, it's hilarious because she doesn't ever own it. You know, again, I would really be okay if someone said, son, you're annoying it's annoying when we go places and you do this i don't like it i want to sit and drink my cocktail and look at some swinging penises at this show or you know sudden sometimes i can't vouch for you because you have reactions that are over the top and then i feel uncomfortable when i have to sort of explain it to other people have you thought about working on your emotional regulation but instead she she says are you okay? What is somebody supposed to say to that? It's not like, what is she supposed to say to that? So this leads us directly to the beginning of episode five, because like I say, the 
It was to be continued. So finally, at the beginning of episode five, Kyle gets to Naimum. And she says, ugly leather pants. Um, this is when, I don't even remember what Crystal and Seb were fighting about, but Crystal's first season, she was wearing ugly leather pants. I have some that look like them. And I don't like them, but I still kind of wear them because I bought them. Um, but they're like kind of like leather joggers. And Sutton screams, and your pa- pants are ugly leather pants. And Crystal is standing in front of this beautiful lawn. Was it Lisa Renna's backyard? I'm not sure, but she has this look on her face that's kind of the up the the corners of her lips are upturned, and it looks like that meme where the girl is smiling creepily in front of the house that's on fire behind her. It's so it's just a hilarious clip. Um, Lake Tahoe, they show her, they show Sutton for the other. Uh, freak out that the Kyle list she's crying and, and rolling her fa- I was going to say foam rolling her face that would actually be weirder but no um, what is a facial roller called I don't know it was like ice she's like it calms me down and just keeps rubbing it and Crystal is just looking at her and, and you remember how much Crystal didn't like Sudden at first and it's for everything that I've just described why would you like some crazy lady saying weird racial things to you and then ha- panicking and rubbing an ice roller on her face and saying it calms me down like what why aren't you calm I don't want to know what kind of tools and accoutrement you need to be calm that's scary to me just manage yourself just don't I don't want to know that at any moment you're going to pop off so yes uh, again these aren't not unhinged but Kyle is still an asshole okay and then she says you didn't seem okay in Vegas and you don't seem okay now frankly Again, what are you, what is okay? I just don't think that's an appropriate insult. I think you either have to be like, you either have to believe someone's in ownership of their behavior and say, hey, I don't like when you do this. Can you please stop? Or you have to come to them with compassion and say, hey, I think you need mental health. But to to just do this as an insult, it's very, it's very annoying to me. I don't like it. Like the work that okay is doing is annoying. And so Sutton rightfully turns back on her, you know, because she's gotten Kyle to blow up. And she says, well, are you okay? You seem unhinged. I feel like your reaction is over the top. And it's true. And Kyle's so mad about it. She says, Kyle's like, what's going on? And Sutton's like, what's going on with you? Okay, again, it's just like, this is like gaslight, you know, the yellow wallpaper. Kyle is just determined to make Sutton the crazy one. And she's so, she's so offended that Sutton asks what, what's going on with you? She's like, I can answer. <laughs> Brain on, babe. I'm happy to answer any of your questions. Why, like, if you think it's so adversarial to ask what's going on with you, then why are you asking her that? Why? So Kyle gets really angry and storms out and says, okay, love you. I'm leaving. Uh, and that's, again, that's why, like, love you has no meaning. So moving on. Erica's dumbass has a pool. That's, that's my note for this scene with Erica's house. Remember when she was supposed to be destitute and she moved into a house with a pool? Yeah, that's that house. That annoyed me. Look, I know it's one, you know, scintilla of the space that she had before, in her really terribly decorated, drab, strange-looking house with Tom. However, people really do lose all their money in this world. Like, 
stars, celebrities, people have to lose their money and live in small apartments. They have to go move in with family members. They have to move into places without pools. That's all I'm saying. It's just moving into some place with a pool. I just stop whining. Um, do, do, do. Okay. Erica is bringing out all the humanizing guns. She's bringing out a mother. She's bringing out a womb. And who can stay angry in the face of the uterus that you came out of? It's a, it's a trump card every time. Um, so Erica and her confessionals where, you know, the more I think about it, she really, she does speaks. It almost is kind of a, um, mid-Atlantic accent from like Turner classic movies. It's not even, sometimes I don't even know if the undertone is Southern. She says, my mother and I are very close in age. We seemed like friends. So I'd go out with her friends and I would have a drink and I was 14 and I was out living like I was 20. In, um, in what part of American history was a drinking age 20? I just don't know why we... This just seems an odd thing. I know it was 18, like, after the Vietnam War, and then 20. So And then 21 now. So I don't really know why she said 20. Um, yeah, her mom, you know, comes by. They don't get along, but they do. Uh, they annoy each other, which I, which is normal. It's to be expected. We find out that she didn't speak to her mom for a whole year before Chicago, the, the musical. And then her mother showed up and Erica said it was nerve wracking. It was ambushed. You, you kind of ambushed me. And apparently they had some tiff on the phone where they, you hung up. I hung up on you. No, I hung up on you because her mother in real talk says it's because I asked a question about Tom and, and you were very... You know, whenever you ask a question about your relationship, you shut it down like that. So we do have an insight that things really were going wrong from before all these allegations for Tom Girardi came out. But, you know, who knows? Her mom could also be covering for her a little bit. We don't know what she was primed to say. However, I just find it, uh, you know, what I won't. It was a little interesting that their fighting was so different than um, like a Lydia and Monica on SLC they just did seem like friends. Like they kind of, their bickering did seem more, I, I do believe Erica about the dynamic of um, their relationship. So moving on, we have a Garcelle family scene. My initial thoughts are, I don't care. Um, and then I cared a little more when she said, Jade is, he's like my boyfriend. Huh? Why would you say that on TV? Like, your son goes to school and has friends. Why would you... I don't know why you would say something like that. He's so protective over me. Okay. All right. Are we pitching them for... Is there going to be a show about them? We already have Oliver likely to recur again on Vanderpump Rules. That's her older son um, with a different dad who's in his 30s. What? Uh, there's... I don't know. Anyway. Then... You know, they're cooking dinner. It looks really dry, I have to say, the steak that they're cooking in little pieces. It's, it's chaotic. It's a chaotic cooking scene for me. But um, Garcelle's, remember when we went to the beach and your evil twin, the, the other Power Ranger, was coming for my life? Would you like to destroy my ego too? But no, she tells Jade, is that his name? Why do I have J-A-I-D written? Jaden? I don't know. Anyway, she tells him he hurt my feelings. 
okay, that's inappropriate. Like, why are you soliciting their opinion about what they want to do and how they think your parenting is? You literally ask them for a report card on your parenting. Then they say what they think. Then you're going to go tell the other one, oh, but your brother hurt my feelings. But then you're going to ask him for the same report card um, to review your performance. This doesn't make sense. Um, And then, you know, she asks him again, like, so is there anything like, he said he wants more freedom and, you know, you, was there anything that you would like? What does he say? He wants his girlfriend Ashlyn to sleep over. Of course not. This isn't Sweden. You're 16. Your girlfriend can't sleep over. And then she's like, absolutely not. What is the point of these questions, ma'am? Where is it going? Um, The only funny thing I will say that this kid said is, um, he says, okay, we're going to your film premiere. The ladies are coming. Who do we like and who are we mad at? That was cute. Um, And Garcelle has produced a movie for Lifetime called Black Girl Missing, and she also stars in it. So congratulations to Garcelle. Next, we go to Crystal's house. Um, She's at the table with her kids, her husband, and the housekeeper. I love that their housekeeper is eating dinner with them because people do say, oh, she's like part of the family. She's like part of the family. And it really means that, you know, in in the boudoir while you're packing up, while she's packing up your clothes, you tell her all your uh, business, and then you act like you don't know her and have no intimacy with her the next day. But but she really, this this lady's really like, no, nah, I'm here. I'm chilling. Bye, y'all. And then she goes home after dinner. Um, the kids, they run upstairs to watch Back to the Future, which is so cute that I think their dad is obviously influencing their movie taste because at this point, good Lord. I mean, at this point, that is like a Turner classic movie for them. Oh, shudder to think. Um, so we go back to the whole... Um, the whole thing with Crystal's brother. We have it further confirmed that Crystal and her mom ruined her brother's relationship. And Rob sort of has to explain to Crystal that this would, would like, add tension, you know, understandably. I mean, Crystal straight up says, my mom and I kind of pressured him to come home. So this is her brother who was engaged in China during covid And they pressured him to come home and leave his wife there. And literally, Crystal says, I think that distance had something to do with their breakup. I mean, where do we go from here? I honestly, it's really reinforcing your tagline. You know, they say with wisdom comes age, but I'm proving them wrong. Yeah, you are, because now you've had three years to think about how pressuring your brother to abandon Someone he was about to be with for better or for worse in sickness and in health in one of the greatest sicknesses that we've seen in our modern age, in our lifetime. You don't understand that that is what made him, like, I don't, I just can't. Um, and Rob is kind of reading Crystal for filth, which I appreciate. You know, hey, do you think maybe you can come to terms with the fact that you have something to do with this? You think you'll apologize? Like kind of stuff like that. Then they FaceTime her brother who's been crying. And she says, have you been crying? I mean, he, like Jeff, the brother, he's giving us an emotionally rooted storyline on behalf of Crystal. I mean, she owes him like money at this point. Like she's paid him. Um, And then in her confessional, she unironically 
you know, she says, well, Rob thinks that I have some competition with, you know, who has the bigger sway over Jeff, her brother, meaning she's competition with the ex-fiance and her brother. And she unironically says, I'm not competitive. I just know what's best for my brother. Um, I'm going to let her sit with that. I'm going to let Jen, Tilly, and Sutton, they're in wacky glasses being two kooky girls. They're driving along and they're going to visit the horse for the first time, Santos. And Sutton gives us another wonderful clip. One day I was with my manicure, pedicure lady. I love her so much. And she has a horse. So I thought, I want a horse too. And I looked online and I saw Santos and it was like, that online dating thing, and I hit bye. It was like that online dating thing, or it was it like buying something online, like uh, the way you bought something online? Okay, so Santos has a title card for his, uh, I don't know, should we say dowry? Santos cost $47,000, $47,000. Now I'm in my head, how do I explain this? Well, I'm delusional. So in my head, I'm rich. And if I'm rich, I don't even know if I might buy a horse like that. That price didn't sound, I thought horses cost more than that. That's just how I'll put it. I really did. I thought they cost more than that. I mean, one of them has a car that costs more than that. Um, who was driving the Range Rover? Was that this? Was that this franchise? I'm just saying, it's not like I wouldn't buy everyone I know a horse, you know, but I might buy a few if I. Let's. I mean, Sutton makes three hundred thousand dollars a month from alimony. Okay, so that's probably the more concise way of saying it. She could buy a couple horses. We have another great monologue from Southern, I mean Southern, from Sutton, who just keeps delivering, you know, the greatest hits. My father is from Texas, so I will go to the farm every summer. So I was always on a horse, lassoing chickens. I also used to snap green beans with my mother. That's who I am. I'm Southern. I'm like, I don't know why the energy shifted like that, but I just want to know everyone who's not southern do you eat green beans with the non-edible stem part on is snapping green beans just for texas hmm okay so they sit down to talk shit about kyle and sudden has the gall the unmitigated gall to say that kyle's gotten very thin is no one else allowed to be thin but you sudden do you have to, I mean, I'm trying to figure out the rules. So if you start a certain weight and then you lose it, that's dangerous. But you looking the way you look is fine. Oh boy. Oh boy. Um, she says she's gotten very thin. We were in Vegas and she went to the gym for three hours. But her Birkin, well, you know how you're only supposed to spend 30 minutes on the, like, the stair treadmill thing. Her Birkin was there for 46 minutes just going up and down and up and down I didn't even recognize it afterwards um so she's eating different she's not drinking she's not wearing her wedding band and you know Jennifer Tilly is funny she says like I like Kyle Kyle's been good to you 
So again, I don't know who coached her, but maybe she just wasn't ready to jump in there yet in the fray. Or is she trying to get on the show next season? I mean, I think that would be really interesting for Sutton to have another ally because then we could actually form teams. You know, it'd be Garcelle and Jennifer Tilly, Sutton against Kyle Dury. Wait, is there anyone else I'm forgetting? Kyle Dury. Oh, Erica. Um, by the way, Jennifer Tilly, I found out, is 65. Looks effing incredible. So let's go to the dueling FaceTimes. Everyone's FaceTiming, getting ready for the event, and talking shit. So Kyle and Dorit, um, she, you know, she is literally saying the quiet part out loud that everything I said was fine, but everything Dorit said, or everything Sutton said was a threat. She says, you know, and she asked me, well, what's going on with you? Dorit says, is that a threat? In what world are we going to accuse people of being mentally infirm and then be outraged if they if they do it to you too? It's honestly devastating main character syndrome. Kyle has an absolutely tragic, you know, nonsense of self-awareness. When we go to Sutton's house, she slinks down the stairs like a Nancy the Spider, Papa Gede, um, Jack Halloween from the night, was his name Halloween Jack? The guy from the Nightmare Before Christmas. That's what this black suit jacket with leather leggings is giving. Um, I do like the dramatic cuffs. The, I mean, the dramatic white, what's the end of a shirt sleeve? Cuffs, yeah. They're like the flouncy kind, like the, you know, like the Liberace kind. Um, all right. In her confessional, she tells us that she has just realized that social media is the way to generate sales for her business. Said like all entrepreneurs in 2023, right? So that's why she's taking all these pictures and she's going to be late. And then Dorit is waiting outside in the car and getting pissed. So we go to Garcelle's event. It's at Beauty in Essex in LA. So Beauty in Essex in New York was legendary. And, uh... I don't know if I'm old now, but it looks corny to me. This, I don't know, maybe it's because they took, it's like an imitation of an older venue that was kind of kitsy and fun for its time, but I just think this looks kind of like corny. Um, Kyle enters in a monotone beige look that I honestly, it's, it's quite nice. I'm sorry to say. And she has an orange Birkin that's $16,000. I don't think Birkins are attractive. I think that lots of, you know, ostrich leather and like beautiful pebbled leather is attractive, but the bags just look impractical and like square triangles and I don't like it. Um, Dorit is gearing up to have, to feel uncomfortable about the event. Um, she's in the car and she, Sutton tells her, you know, Garcelle like had a hundred has a hundred people coming, and Dorit's oh, she feels really uncomfortable in crowds, unless she's walking through Kmart with ten thousand dollars in cash. So the guests there, Jerry O'Connell, um, Erica shows up dressed like I don't know, like like a gun mall, not like a gun mall, like the gangst, like a gangster, just giant shoulder pads in this blazer thing. Larsa Pippen is wearing dental floss. Um, Dorit 
performatively someone says something and she's oh oh god pretends that she's surprised like and the person was coming from the direction of the camera um denise richard shows up which is great because she's going to be in the next episode too stirring up mess with people we love you thank you queen um the film ends there's a hashtag go find us because the film is about the the um the lack of coverage that missing black women get in the media versus their counterparts and how there are a lot of black women missing right now so that is very sobering um and good for garcelle for bringing awareness to something on a lifetime movie because i feel like not a ton of lifetime movies are used for advocacy things i could be wrong but when i dabble on there i don't really see that so good for her and then we have another face-off with Sutton and Kyle. Um, Anansi the spider and a crocodile Dundee. You know, of course, she has a hat, if I didn't mention that. So Kyle, you know, starts, you know, you just seemed off and odd. Well, maybe I think something's off with you. Well, <laughs> Sutton, there, there seems to sometimes be a lack of respect. Like, you treat me like the little sister. I definitely don't treat you like the little sister. Don't flatter yourself. Now, bitch, what does that even mean? You're the little sister. So is the way you get treated a treat? Because I thought we were supposed to feel really sorry for you based on the way your sisters treat you. Ma'am, Pam. And then again, she can't take her, her same, the rules that she has set out. You know, she's like, I don't treat you. I don't do this. And Sutton says, these are my feelings. Because right before that, Kyle has said, well, you kind of said, like, you can't tell me that I can't tell you you seem unhinged because it's just what I think. So when Sutton says, well, these are my feelings, just, uh, Kyle, Cutton. <laughs> Kyle just kind of stammers. And then, you know, Sutton says in her confessional, if someone was friends with my sister and I wasn't friends with my sister, I wouldn't like it. This is a love triangle gone awry. Now, I would like to ride the fence. You ride me for a moment. But if I am to ride the fence, you know, Sutton says Kyle's not a real friend. Of course, she's not a real friend. She undermines you. She condescends to you. It's not appropriate. It's literally only appropriate in sister relationships. Hey, sisters. Um... I have two sisters. Sorry for everything I've ever done to you. But uh, she says that, you know, she's not a real friend to me, da 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 But then she brings up this thing of me being friends with her older sister who she's fighting with. So then it's like, well, Sutton, are you really a friend to her if you are friends with her older sister that she's estranged from? I'm not estranged from my family. It would always be family first for me. Like, sometimes we share friends, but it's always going to be family first. So I can't really quite relate but if I were to extrapolate into what it feels like to be estranged um and mortal sworn enemies with my sister if you're gonna go over there then why should I really treat you like a friend I mean I think Kyle talking down to Sutton preceded this you know whatever relationship entanglements are happening because Sutton's crazy um but the interesting thing is that I think we're seeing the real Kyle more often in a concentrated amount she's not super nice and instead of just embracing it as oh your real self is coming out son's tactic is 
the exercise, it's excessive. I mean, I mean, it's just not ladylike to sweat. Stop and have a mint julep. It's really funny. So, I mean, I literally might have already mentioned this. I'm so sorry. I had to break up the recording of this. But there is the resolution, or let's say the band-aid for now, between Garcelle and Dorit. And I really, I'm done with these conversations for the rest of Housewives ever. I like you. I like you too. You don't like them. You just don't hate them. You you are forced to be together on field trips for work. Adult field trips. You don't really like them, you know? So I, I know how that is. Like I've toured for three years. I know we, you don't all like each other, but you work together and you end up doing stuff together. So it's really funny when people just keep butting heads and then coming back to, but I like you. I like you. It's like, no, you don't. You sometimes don't fight, but you at your core don't really like each other. You don't really hate each other, but you're just not people who mesh or would hang out in other circumstances. And um, also you cursed at my child and then laughed at someone cursing at my child, et cetera, et cetera. I've, I saw online that people that Garcelle keeps dancing around racism claims and they wish she would just say it. I haven't seen anything that really points to that. I mean, she said, you act like my kids don't matter. Her kids are black, biracial, whatever. They're the kids of a, they're not white. Let's say that. So she said what she had to say. You can go talk to your own therapist and psychologist and priest and rabbi and imam and everyone you want to talk to about why you treat Garcelle's kids differently than you would drone. Is it because they are older, a little older? Is it because they're tall? Is it the whole thing of projecting age onto children of color? I don't know, but Garcelle is not obligated to completely read everyone down all the time. She already comes out and says stuff that they have meltdowns over and it can be very basic stuff. So I'm just going to defend her on that because I don't really, I don't really see her. Also, like you don't work well with people if you just go around calling them racist. I mean, we all know that being called racist is worse than experiencing racism. We know that. 20, you know, it's 2023. We know that by now. It's going to be a meltdown and she'll just have to apologize and take it back later. So don't really know where that was coming from, but I didn't really see anything of substance happen in this apology. And Dorit is just like, oh, I've overstepped. Sometimes I should pull it back and apologize. And she'll do something offensive again to Garcelle and snap at her in six months, probably. All right, guys, that's it for me for this solo recap. We have some exciting guests coming. Um, I already, you've already got the episode with sweet Ebony Blake covering RHOP. So we're going to have some more coverage later. And I am going to be dropping all of my Miami coverage that I've been storing up at one time. I, I know that not everyone watches it as much, especially with the switch from it coming on Bravo Live whereas before it was just on Peacock, but it is one of my favorites. So I'm going to probably do a drop of all those episodes either like by Friday or probably over the weekend, I think. But look out for that. It's going to be very exciting. And there even might be some Salt Lake City coming soon because, you know, I restarted the pod before when I restarted the pod. Um, Salt Lake was already like on episode five or so, but it really is one of my favorite. I mean, we have wacky religions. We have we have people going to prison. I mean, it's it's just one of the best shows on Bravo and on television, if I might argue. It's 
absolutely nuts. Completely insane. All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening. And don't forget to rate, review, tell your friends, tell your mama, tell your husband, tell your wife, hide your kids because they're swearing. All right. Love you. Bye.